questions and answers. The Christian faith is constantly under assault from the false ideas of the culture and the persuasive preaching of false teachers. What is the call of the disciple of Christ in the midst of a culture that is hostile to the message of Christ? Jude challenged Christians through the ages to contend for the faith. You're tuned to Evidence and Answers radio broadcast with your host, Pat Zucran. Pat is an international teacher, speaker, and author in the area of Christian apologetics, the defense of the Christian faith. In today's broadcast, Pat will be presenting an inspiring message on the call to contend for our faith in Christ. We hope you enjoy today's show. Now, here's our host, Pat Zucran. We're on here at DZAS, 7 and 8 p.m., Saturday and Sunday, and our website, evidenceandanswers.org, will be listening to DZAS next month. Well, as we begin then, let's pray together. Father, let us heed the exhortation given to us through your servant, Jude, in this powerful book we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we're studying the book of Jude today. One of the shortest books in the Bible, it's only one chapter. But you know, they say dynamite comes in small packages, and such is true of the book of Jude. You know, G. Campbell Morgan, great Bible scholar, called Jude the flaming sword of the New Testament. And indeed, that's what it proves to be. You know, Jesus prophesied. He said, beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. You will recognize them by their fruits. Are grapes gathered from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? For so every healthy tree bears good fruit, but the diseased tree bears bad fruit. A healthy tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a diseased tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus you will recognize them by their fruits. Jesus gave a warning. False teachers are coming, and they will come as wolves in sheep's clothing very secretly, deceptively disguised as the sheep. But inwardly, they are ravenous wolves. And he said, you will recognize them by their fruits, the things that they teach, and also the life that they live. And his warning came to pass in the days of the apostles and the early church, and it remains for us today. That's why Jude was written, the flaming sword of the New Testament. And false teaching abounded in the apostles' age, and it abounds and is increasing today in a way that we have never seen before. And this is what you would expect if the return of Christ is near. The apostle Paul wrote in 2 Thessalonians that before Christ returns, there would be a great apostasy a great falling away that would open the door for a false religious leader to introduce his false religion, which would then dominate the world. We have not seen the growth of apostasy and false teaching like we have seen in recent times. Dr. Mark Hitchcock, and you can listen to my radio interview with him, great Bible scholar, writes this, There's no doubt today that a deepening deception and surging apostasy are upon us. What we see in the visible church today is nothing short of shocking. We are witnessing the increase and intensification of apostasy we should expect if the coming of Christ is near. One of my professors there at Dallas Seminary, Dr. Dwight Pentecost, wrote this. 
Abundant evidence on every hand shows that men are departing from the faith. Not only do they doubt the word, they openly reject it. This phenomenon has never been as prevalent as today. In the period of the Dark Ages, men were ignorant of the truth. But never was there an age when men openly denied and repudiated the truth. This open, deliberate, willful repudiation of the truth of the Bible is described in Scripture as one of the major characteristics of the last days of the church on earth. Not only are we seeing an increase in false apostate teaching, the Christian faith is under attack in a way we have never seen before. Numerous false ideologies are seeking to capture the hearts and minds of individuals throughout the world. And the battle is intensifying. We have atheistic Darwinism that teaches that the origin and diversity of life is the result of natural causes acting randomly. And in our public schools and universities, it is taught as the only viable theory that explains the origin and diversity of life. And to criticize Darwinism, then, you're going to take a lot of heat from your department or school. To reject Darwin is considered being unscientific or ignorant. And you pay the price if you question Darwinism. And although it is a system with many serious flaws, it cannot be questioned or challenged. It's presented as the only, the only viable theory that explains the origin and diversity of life. We see some of the best-selling authors are a new, aggressive, very hostile group of new atheists led by this man Richard Dawkins there with vigilant attacks upon Christianity, portraying Christianity is not just wrong, but evil and pernicious, and it needs to be stomped out. Reasons for the conflict in the world is because of the intolerance of Christianity. We have the growth of the cults. Some of the biggest from around the world come from the United States, and a growing number come from here in the Philippines. And being Missions Month, the kingdom of the cults represents one of the largest mission fields of lost people for Christ who will spend forever eternity separated from him, and they'll go there holding a Bible in their hand. We have apostate Christians, uh, Bart Ehrman there, a scholar who studied at Moody Bible Institute, Wheaton College, then went on to get his doctorate and departed from the faith and now writes and debates some of the strongest attacks against the credibility of the Gospels and Jesus Christ. We have ideologies such as the new tolerance, right? Biblical tolerance teaches that there is a right, there is a wrong, and if you disagree, I'm not going to persecute you, but I'll do all I can to persuade you to my position. And I'm sure you'll do the same. Figure out who has the truth by who has the best evidence and the arguments. The new tolerance says there's no such thing as absolute truth. It's all relative. Everybody's right, nobody's wrong. And it's intolerant, bigoted, racist. It's wrong to say another value, belief, or lifestyle is wrong or dangerous. Or it's arrogant, ignorant to say that 
We have the truth, and those who disagree are indeed wrong. That's intolerant, one of the worst things that you can be called. Then you've got pressure coming from those who go against the biblical commands of Christ, wanting to promote a dangerous lifestyle that's not only harmful to individuals, but families and entire civilizations. You've got the movement, as Pastor Larry prayed, to redefine marriage and legalize gay marriage, a battle we lost in the West and the United States. And history shows right, no civilization has ever survived that has redefined the definition of marriage. You've got the LGBTQ, the whole transgender movement. Any kind of disagreement against the LGBTQ community or gay marriage, instantly you're labeled a racist okay, or a bigot. And in the United States, we're fighting bills. Government wants to put restrictions or take away your nonprofit status and others if you do not hire or you speak out against gay marriage in some kind of disagreement. We're in the midst of this assault upon our faith. What is the Christian and what are God's people called to do? Well, some have compromised with the culture and surrendered key essential doctrines to accommodate the culture. Some have chosen to go into retreat to instead of engage the lost culture for Christ with the powerful truth of God's word, instead they've chosen to retreat and stay behind their walls and not engage the culture for Christ. The church cannot surrender, nor can she go into retreat. In the midst of this war, Christians and God's church is called to stand and contend for the faith. Jude gives us the command in verse 3. He says to contend for the faith once and for all given to the saints. Now, the Greek word there for contend is the Greek word agonizomai. That's the root of the word. Sounds familiar, don't it? To agonize. Okay? This is an intense word word. Hey, it means to fight for, to struggle, hey, to exert intense effort on behalf of something. Hey, it can be translated, I encourage you to struggle for the faith. And the tense of the verb is in the present tense. And it's in what we call the middle voice. So it can be translated, carry on the struggle for the faith. It's a struggle that began in the days of the apostles and our forefathers in Christ engaged in that struggle and they call upon every generation and they call upon now every believer in Christ and every church in Christ to engage and enter into the struggle to defend the faith. This word is used of Jesus Christ in Luke 22 where it speaks of Christ. He was in agonizomai in agony as he prayed and wrestling with the forces of evil, knowing what he faced in the hours to come, death upon the cross. So Jude is emphasizing that the defense of the faith will be costly, and at times it will be agonizing. Now he says, contend for the faith. The faith here refers to the body of belief, 
that has been given to us by Christ and the apostles. The faith here then refers to the full revelation of God and the doctrines upon which we build our belief system. And he says, it has once and for all been given to the church. The full inspired revelation and teaching of God has been given to us here in the 66 books of the Bible. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 20, before the Bible was finished, God spoke his revelation through prophets and apostles. And their job was to what? Lay the foundation of the church. And Paul says in Ephesians 2.20 that the church is built upon the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. Built upon, past tense. It's done. The foundation has been laid. There are no new, inerrant, divinely inspired revelations coming from God. His full revelation, his full inspired, inerrant revelation has been given to us in his word. And this, Jude says, that has been once and for all given to the saints. Now, God's truth will always be under attack. We're proclaiming God's truth in a fallen world in rebellion to God that does not want to acknowledge his sovereignty over their lives. And so it's the duty of every believer and every church to be prepared to defend God's truth from the assaults that come upon it. You know, one of the best movies I saw, I think it was last year, was the story of the Prime Minister of England, Winston Churchill, during the Second World War. In the 1930s, the Nazi Empire under Hitler began its rise and began sweeping through Europe, conquering country after country. And the European allies, instead of standing against Hitler, continued to compromise with Hitler. And the more they retreated, the more aggressive he became. And then in June of 1940, the country of France fell suddenly to Germany. And the only nation that remained to oppose the Nazi empire was England. Severely outnumbered, way Overmatched, England was alone to stand against the Nazi Empire. And it was then the new Prime Minister of England, Winston Churchill, against incredible odds, made his memorable speech calling for England to take a stand. And many of you may have read that wonderful speech. He said, we shall go on to the end We shall fight in France. We shall fight on the seas and the oceans. We shall fight with growing confidence and growing strength in the air. We shall defend our island, whatever the cost may be. We shall fight on the beaches. We shall fight on the landing grounds. We shall fight in the fields and in the streets. We shall fight in the hills. We shall never surrender. Even if, which I do not for a moment believe, this island or a large part of it were subjugated and starving, then our empire beyond the seas, armed and guarded by the British fleet, would carry on the struggle until in God's good time, the new world, with all its power and might, steps forth to rescue and the liberation of the old. And Winston Churchill said, against all odds, no matter what the cost may be, we are going 
to fight till the very end. And as Churchill called for England to stand against a formidable foe that seemed absolutely unstoppable, the dark empire of Nazi Germany, so Jude calls upon believers in Christ and his church to stand against incredible odds, humanly speaking, against powerful forces, principalities, and forces of darkness, against ideologies that are dominating their culture that seek to stamp out the light of the gospel. That is what we are called to do. Now, the life lesson is this. False teachers and false teaching represent one of the greatest threats to the church. And this is for several reasons. Number one, they destroy and dismantle faith. And young believers in Christ are disillusioned by many of the ideologies that dismantle their faith in Christ. And as a result, the church ends up in chaos and in disunity and ineffective to impact their culture and world for Christ. False teachers and their teachings pervert the message of salvation. And false teachers and their teachings end up leading people into an immoral lifestyle. False teachings and false living, they go hand in hand. The wrong gospel, the wrong Jesus cannot bring you eternal life. And the Christian will always be in an intense battle against false teachers and their false teachings. And the Christian, our responsibility is to know the truth so well that we can identify false teachings and make a strong defense of the gospel of Jesus Christ. 1 Peter 3.15, but set apart Christ as Lord in your hearts. Always be prepared to give an answer, give an apologia to everyone who asks you the reason for the hope that you have. And do this with gentleness and respect. Throughout the New Testament, we are called to contend and defend the truth of God's word. Most of the New Testament, over half of the New Testament, is an apologetic defense of the gospel of Christ against the false teachings that have already arisen against the early church. Now, why the urgency there in Jude's letter? Well, he tells you why in the next verse. For certain people have crept in unnoticed who long ago were designated for this condemnation. Ungodly people who pervert the grace of our Lord into sensuality and deny our only master and Lord Jesus Christ. He says here, for certain people have crept in. The Greek word there means to smuggle in secretly. Hey, this is a very sinister, secretive, dark word here. And the entrance of false teachers then was subtle. Jesus said they're coming to you as wolves in sheep's clothing. They're not going to come and say, hey, I'm a false teacher. Watch out for me. All right, they're going to come in looking like the sheep. And I have learned throughout the years their strategy. It's the same one Satan used on Jesus in the temptation to present truth mixed with error. And that's how it comes in. All right, as Satan was able to quote true scripture 
but out of context, in a perverted way. So the false teachers are going to present truth, but mixed in there will be their erroneous false teaching. Jesus said that their condemnation was designated long ago. Jesus spoke of the future and gave us a warning, not only of the coming of the false teachers, but the judgment that would be upon them and those who ended up embracing their teachings. And Jude also calls the teachers ungodly, who pervert the grace of God. Ungodly refers to their attitude. They have no reverence or respect for God. And they pervert God's grace into a license of immorality. You see, false teaching and false living go hand in hand. So the battle is not only an intellectual battle over doctrine and theology. False teaching leads to immoral behavior. Behavior and lifestyles that is dangerous to the individual, to the family, and to the culture and civilization as a whole. So the disciples of Christ must not only oppose the influence of false teachers who have betrayed the cause of the gospel of Christ and the commands of Christ. These men were also leading others to ignore the commands of Christ and the apostles taught in the Bible and to go along with the teachings of the culture. And Jude says their rejection of Christ's biblical commands shows they're not true believers in Christ. They have denied their Lord and Master. They may say on the outside, we are believers in Christ, but their actions show otherwise. And we're seeing today, like we've never seen before, major denominations have caved in to the pressure of the culture, rejecting the divine inspiration of the Bible, the deity of Christ, the resurrection of Christ, the inspiration and inerrancy of this scripture, and are acknowledging immoral behavior and promoting it as a normal lifestyle and not a sin. Major denominations ordaining gay ministers, performing gay marriages, and endorsing uh, transgenderism. We're seeing major denominations, seminaries, and Christian colleges turning out leaders who pervert God's messages. And you can see, okay, where there's false teaching, immorality follows right behind. And ultimately, the root cause is the same as it was hundreds of years ago. It begins with the rejection of biblical authority, of the divine inspiration and inerrancy of the scriptures, something that was taught for centuries. Uh, It's taught clearly in the Bible and taught for centuries throughout church history. We're seeing churches go apostate and uh, embrace false teachings like we've never seen before. The Church of England, perhaps the second largest church in the world, many have considered the battle already lost and the church has gone apostate. They are in the battle of their life right now. And you can see in the teachings of their leadership, false teaching abounds and has infiltrated the church. Hey, the false teachers aren't just outside there. They are within the church. Hey, second Peter, Jude warned, hey, they false teachers will come from within the people of God. One of the key leaders, major, most popular leaders of the Church of England or the Episcopal Church was 
Bishop John Shelby Spong. He's uh, recently retired. He was the Anglican Bishop of New Jersey. And if you go to his website in one of his articles called A Call for Reformation, okay, on his website, he gives 12 points requesting a new kind of Christianity. And if you look at his beliefs, he has denied major tenets, the essential tenets of the Christian faith. Once again, we've run out of time. Thank you for joining us here on Evidence and Answers Radio Broadcast. We hope you enjoyed today's show. If you would like Pat to speak at your church, Bible study, or perhaps hold an apologetics conference, give him a call locally in Hawaii. That number is 483-0586. Or you may contact him through our Evidence and Answers website. That's evidenceandanswers.org. To keep broadcasts like Pat's on the air, we rely on generous support from you, our listeners. For the opportunity to donate, head on over to our website. Once again, that's evidenceandanswers.org. And you may do so right there online on the homepage. You'll find we have a wide variety of resources available to you. Everything from atheism to Zen Buddhism, including articles and additional audio for you to listen to or download. So be sure to share our website with those around you. Join us again next time, won't you? On the air or online as we provide compelling reasons for faith in Christ. That's Evidence and Answers with Pat Zucran. 